Welcome to Live Long and Dad. I'm your host, Cosmo. This is my podcast about being a stay-at-home dad with two seven-month-old twin babies and a five-year-old, and I'm legally blind, and so, about life. And today's episode is all about Star Trek, and it was inspired by my boss, Yuval. Today we were having our weekly eSight coffee chat, and it's a Zoom meeting that anybody's welcome to join, and there's no set agenda. We kind of let the people that are there guide the conversation, talk about whatever. Today we talked about a little bit of football, a little bit of eSight, a little bit of low vision stuff, and uh, just shoot the breeze. It's a nice hour. It's at uh, noon Eastern, 9 Pacific. And one of the things you've all asked was, as a non-Star Trek person, what's a good entry point? He had heard about Discovery coming back. Is that a good entry point for checking out Star Trek? And so today we're going to talk about that and pontificate. I put it out on Twitter. The Twitter handle is at LiveLongAndDad, and my personal Twitter is at StarfleetPanels. And so you can tweet me there and let me know your thoughts. And where should somebody who's brand new to Star Trek start off? Should they start with the original series? Should they start with Next Generation? Should they start with Discovery? Should they binge watch a whole series? Or should they Google top 10 episodes of whatever and do it that way? Let's pontificate and think and try and come up with an answer. And since this is just me here, I will do that. But tweet at me and let me know what you think and why I'm right or wrong. And uh, hopefully we can send Yuval on a good Star Trek journey and not uh, turn him off forever and make him just a Star Wars fan. So uh, first we'll hear from our sponsor and then we'll dig into that. Welcome back. We are talking Star Trek. And what is a good entry point for a non-fan in 2020? And so one way to go would be by air date. And so that would be TOS, the original series with Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. Then the animated series you try and tell somebody who's new to the franchise to go there? I'm a Star Trek fan. I have never seen an episode of the animated series. Um, or do you have them skip it? Then the, uh, the original series movies. Then Next Generation. Deep Space Nine. Voyager. Enterprise. Discovery. Picard. Lower Decks. That's one way to go. Another way to go would be chronologically as far as the storyline goes. So that would be Enterprise first. That is the earliest Star Trek we have. Uh, I'm kind of mixed on this because Enterprise doesn't rely too heavily on Trek... You don't need to be a Trek fan to enjoy what Enterprise brings. 
It's not constantly referencing stuff. It really did forge its own path. Um, but I think we can all agree that the four seasons of Enterprise are not the pinnacle of Great Trek. I think uh, some of Enterprise is better than what some people give it credit for. I was definitely not up for the going back words in time. And then we got the JJ movies, and then we got Discovery. It's an ongoing thing of, let's go back in the timeline and move forward. That's why I was so excited about Lower Decks. Um, so do you risk telling somebody who's new to start off with Enterprise, which isn't A++ Star Trek? Are they going to get halfway through season one and bail? Uh, but if you went that route, it would be Enterprise, Discovery, original series, animated series, and then so on and so forth till Voyager, then Lower Decks, and then Picard. Um, or do you have them jump straight to something? Uh, do you tell them to go to Encounter at Farpoint, the next generation pilot, and binge watch seven seasons of this? Or do you have them pick and choose? Do you Google top 20 episodes of Next Generation and say, here, watch this list? Or do you say, go to season three of Next Generation and binge watch three, four, five? Uh, or just because season three, episode one of Next Generation is. Uh, the one where there's that scientist who has the egg and he wants to put it in the stellar matter and the nanites escape. Good episode. Um, not a 10 out of 10, but a good episode. And so, or do you go for A+. plus? Here is, in my opinion, the best episode of Star Trek ever. Uh, watch it see if you get hooked, then go back to some point and start from there. Because uh, if I said Next Generation is probably the best series, start at Encounter at Farpoint. Encounter at Farpoint isn't great. Q is not what he ends up being. You know, that's not the best version of Q. Uh, none of the characters are really the best versions of themselves in Encounter at Farpoint. Um... Data, that happens in every single show ever. I mean, you look at the Simpsons season one, the, the Futurama season one, Zoidberg sounds weird, Bender sounds weird, Homer, Homer and Simpsons sounds weird. So it takes actors and writers time to find their groove. So that that's not a knock on it. But data, the best data is not season one, episode one data. Uh, the best Riker, babyface Riker. Um, Troy has a weird accent. Crusher's horny for Picard. Wesley's obnoxious. Picard's extra, extra grumpy. Worf is extra, extra Klingon and growly. Um, Jordy's just kind of underwritten, so <laughs> the whole, yeah, Jordy's Jordy. Um, so, do you really want to present that as you get into Star Trek? I don't think so. And then if you did ask somebody to binge watch season one, there's a lot of clunkers. 
Um, even the ones I like aren't great. Uh, the Naked Now. I've always had a soft spot for that episode. Uh, the crew gets drunk via a disease that gets passed from skin to skin contact and shenanigans ensue. Uh, it's a fun episode, but... Um, so my... And my favorite Star Trek series is Deep Space Nine. But I don't think I would ask somebody to watch your first episode of Star Trek ever uh, as a great Deep Space Nine episode. And Deep Space Nine is problematic because it does get serialized there. Season 3 to Season 7, there are standalone episodes, but, you know, if you say, hey, first episode is a Dominion War episode... They're not going to know what a Weyhoon is or a Jem'Hadar or a Founder, and they're going to be really confused. So uh, I, I don't... You have to build up to Deep Space Nine. Um, I don't think I'd want to drop them right into Voyager. Um, and again, I think we can all agree that season one for every single Trek series except for TOS is not the best. It takes the show's time to hit their groove. Um, so I don't know that binge-watching going in order is the way to go for somebody who's trying to get into it. If you're committed, do it. But if you're just putting your toe in to see how the water is, I say you got to try and knock their socks off and get them hooked and... For me, I was born in 83. TNG came out in 87. And I have a distinct remembrance of seeing a like Entertainment Tonight promo for season two of Next Generation coming back. That was a writer's strike year, so it had a later debut. And it was a big deal that it was coming back. And I remember them advertising uh, a new doctor and Whoopi Goldberg joining the crew, and 10 forward. Uh, so I, I distinctly remember that. So that would have been 88, so I was 5. And I don't remember much about it from that age. I do remember the Borg making an impact. Um, but the first like, really vivid memory I have of Star Trek would have been the next year with both Best of Both Worlds. That cliffhanger blew my seven-year-old brain, no, six-year-old brain. And I was obsessed over it that whole summer. Um, and so, and from there on out, I was obsessed with Star Trek, and I watched every episode the night it aired from that point on. And I was probably doing it before that, but I just don't remember it. And then going backwards I appreciated season one and two more because I already had a foundation in Star Trek I don't think I would have if I was a newbie and sat down and watched season one I don't know that I would stick with it um, and so now it's like okay if you if my decision is I want my friend to watch an episode that'll knock his socks off and make him want to watch more Trek. You have to pick an episode because there are lots of great episodes of Star Trek. You got to pick one that 
doesn't need a ton of context. Uh, yesterday's Enterprise is phenomenal, but that reveal of Tasha Yar means nothing if that's the first time you've ever watched Star Trek. And it's seeing war leader Picard and, uh, you know, uh, that doesn't mean as much when you know him as the diplomat. So I would cross that one off, off the list. Um, I, I really think best of both worlds is the best entry point for somebody. Um, that'll hook them. I don't think you need to have seen Q-Who, the introduction of the Borg, in order to appreciate and enjoy the best of both worlds. I think Shelby and everybody during exposition do a fine job. All you got to know are the Borg or the Borg. Um, and you, you get to see that our weapons don't do squat to them. So, uh, everybody gets something to do in that episode. You don't need much context. You get to know Picard. You get to know everybody in that episode uh, a little bit. Um, and you, you know, you find out what their job is. Uh, everybody has a moment or two. Um, Jordy rolling under the, um, <laughs> the closing door, coming up with, uh, options for weapons, uh, data, uh, being data, uh, crusher trying to help Picard in the second half. Uh, so I think that's a good one. And then there's action and Riker's a badass and the saucer separates. Uh, I think that would hook somebody. And then where do you go from there though? Um, I still don't think you want to go back to season one of next generation. I would say go to season three, episode one. And you sort of get a reintroduction to Wesley in season three, episode one. Uh, that's where his, uh, Beverly just came back and, um, yeah. So I think watch best of both worlds, see if it's your thing and then season three, episode one and work your way through that seasons three, four and five of next generation are pretty much, uh, all great. There are not very many misses and then six and seven start to, uh, get a little wonky. Um, so yeah, I think that would be my recommendation. And uh, Best of Both Worlds is the season finale of season three. So watch season three, last episode, season four, first episode. And then go back to season three, episode one. Work your way through it. There's some great Klingon stuff in there. Um, again, the one where <sighs> Worf's girlfriend, uh, I want to call her Kalas, but that's not her name. Uh, where she comes back with Alexander, you don't need to have seen the season two episode where they meet. Um, 
they explain it in their exposition fight. So let's think, what in season one and two is essential to enjoying season three? Well, Picard was a hell of a lot grumpier. Uh, doesn't matter. Um, Riker doesn't like him going on away missions. Uh, doesn't really matter. Um, not a whole lot. Data wants to be human. That, <laughs> that uh, never really goes away and uh, is reminded of constantly. Um, I, I don't think that there is much that is essential. There's some holodeck explanation episodes. Um, if you just get dropped right in a holodeck episode without have seen, being shown encounter at Farpoint where Data and Riker experience the holodeck and then uh, that one with the binars where they upgrade the holodeck, that's not necessary. Um, the big goodbye where they're, they're in the Dixon Hill stuff, not necessary. Um, what's the first big season three holodeck episodes at Barkley, maybe don't need to. So I'm trying to think of what else is essential in season one and two. Um, not a whole lot. Now, when you transition to deep space nine, unlike TNG, where I think you could skip far point, I don't think you can skip emissary or whatever the pilot's name is. Um, seeing where Cisco comes from, seeing his relationship with Jake, um, and just like where, you know, early seasons, characters are not their best selves. Bashir is obnoxious. Uh, thank God uh, O'Brien was already established. O'Brien is O'Brien. But Kira is very um, abrasive. Odo's grumpy. Um, so I'd say watch the pilot of Deep Space Nine and then skip season one and two. Um, there's a little bit of buildup about the Dominion and the Jim Hadar. Yeah, uh, I would watch, the next episode would be the episode where Cisco and Cork and Nog and Jake go camping and meet the Jim Hadar. I think that episode's called the Jim Hadar, isn't it? Um, that's the introduction of the Dominion. And I think the next episode is when they get the Defiant. Uh, my history with Deep Space Nine, I watched the pilot, watched the first couple episodes, and I was one of those fans. And to be fair, I was, what, 10? I thought it was boring. I thought it was lame. They didn't have a spaceship. I hated the runabouts. And that was the end of the story. <laughs> and so I tuned out for two seasons until I saw the that there was going to be Riker on it. And it was the episode where Riker steals the Defiant. And I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. Defiant's pretty cool. And I was in from there. Um, so yeah, I would uh, watch Emissary. That sets up what the station is. Cardassians a little bit. And then 
skip right to uh, is it the se- I think it's the season two finale called the Jim Hadar, and uh, it's a pretty mind blowing scene where uh, the Jim Hadar attack the USS Odyssey. Um, that blew my mind when I first saw it, and then it you're off and running. The Defiant shows up. There's this threat from the Dominion. And then there's the Klingon War. And then there's the Dominion. Oh, I love Deep Space Nine. Season th- three through seven are outstanding. Um, but can you enjoy it right off the bat? Could you skip TNG and go to Emissary and then the Jem'Hadar and then that? I don't know. I think you got to do Next Generation first. Um, and what about the original series? The original series is not my cup of tea. Um, and I don't know why. Uh, maybe it's the visuals. Uh, and it, I, I don't know. I've not watched every episode. I've probably watched maybe 10 episodes, maybe 15. I, I don't know. Um, it was never on in syndication or reruns when I was growing up. So I really didn't have access to the original series until Netflix. And, um, I mean, I, I know what the top episodes are considered. I, I've seen Ballads of Terror and I like it. Uh, and I've not seen The City on the Edge of Forever. Um, I don't know why. I just can't get into it. Uh, I've seen the troubles with tribbles. Uh, and I love the episode of Deep Space Nine where they go back to that, the, uh, trials and tribulation tribulations. But I find the original episode tough to watch. Um, and I, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's just the the sixties production values and I know they've updated some of the stuff but um, or maybe the acting I don't know I I don't think the original series is essential Uh, I think you could watch Wrath of Khan as your first original series introduction and uh, you could watch two four and six skip one three five uh, if you're trying to get into Star Trek um, yeah, and if you've made it that far, if you've made it through TNG 345 and Deep Space Nine, then you're enjoying it, then Voyager's no problem. Go Voyager 1 through 7. Um, but what Voyager could you skip? Because uh, you can always go back. And if you get stuck in a bad season and you're not all in, you're not a complete, I'm a completionist. If (laughs) I never was into the saw movies, but I saw the first saw and then I'm like, well, I want to know what happens. So I saw the second saw and then I saw the third saw and then I Netflixed back when Netflix was discs, every single saw movie. I wanted to know what happened, even though I don't enjoy freaking torture porn or any of that stuff uh, I, I'm a completionist <laughs> so um, 
season one of Voyager isn't great. It's not bad, but it's not great. And a lot of the characters don't have much character development. I mean, Harry Kim from episode one to the final episode, how does his character develop? Eh. Uh, Tom Paris is still Tom Paris, except he uh, bangs Bolana. Um, the, the Doctor, of course, he has a ton of character development. That's why he's one of my favorite Star Trek characters of all time. Um, when did Voyager get good? When did it hit its stride? Was it when they got seven of nine? Um, or is it more evenly dispersed? Or is it, are the good Voyager episodes sprinkled throughout? I don't know. And I don't know episode titles. So, like, if I went on Netflix and looked at through the seasons of Next Generation, I could just read the titles and be like, oh, yeah, I know what that one is. I know what that one is. You tell me a Voyager title, chances are I don't know what episode that is. I'd have to read the synopsis and then be like, oh, okay. Um, But, yeah, Voyager is worthwhile for sure. Um, And then there's Enterprise. When do you fit Enterprise in there? Do you go from Voyager then to Discovery? Or... And, of course, Discovery is not my cup of tea. Um, But... For an entry point, for somebody who's new to Star Trek, it's shiny. Production values are very good. And... Is that enough to hook somebody and make them want to go explore the rest of Star Trek? Maybe. That's a tough one. Is it not my cup of tea because I have all the other Star Trek baggage? And why don't I like Discovery? I don't like the aesthetics of it. It's very J.J. Star Trek. It doesn't fit visually for me into Star Trek. So I I look at it, and it doesn't look like Star Trek. Um, you know, the old saying, if it smells like a rat, and looks like, whatever that saying is. And I, I could get past that. Um... And I'm not one of those people. I, I don't like the fan base that is just like, oh, this isn't Star Trek, and I hate it, and uh, blasphemy. Nah. My biggest problem is I don't connect to Michael Burnham, the main character. Um, I know uh, the actress is a good actress. Um, I ju- she's half Vulcan, half or no, she's a human raised by Vulcans, and I just don't care she wasn't likable in the pilot she I just don't connect and I I didn't love her on The Walking Dead either I did not give a crap about her there um so I and I still have two seasons in I haven't connected with her and I haven't connected with anybody from the show I've connected with Saru, this one alien who has had some character development, and I like him. Um, 
And this is the first Star Trek show where it's not really an ensemble. It, it is Michael Burnham's story. And the whole story arc revolves around her. And yeah, in past Star Treks, the captain was the main guy, but you still had other character episodes. And for the most part, that is not the way Discovery's run. Um, but it's, it's shiny. It's shiny and... If you buy into what the MacGuffin of the season is or the, the mystery box of the season, then that could be enough to sink your teeth into. And I would definitely not recommend Picard um, ever, really. <laughs> uh, but I've talked about that in the past. Uh, what about Lower Decks as an entry point? It's funny. It's short in the modern era. uh you know, a 22-minute episode it isn't as much of a time investment. And it's got tons of Star Trek flavor. And it'll make you laugh. So what about that? Would that encourage somebody to go back and watch TNG? I don't know. <sighs> Trying to get my five-year-old into Star Trek. Um has been a little difficult because when I was trying a little bit more, he did not like antagonists and he'd get nervous. Um, so that was kind of tough. He's over that now. He watches Batman, the animated series. Um, I've tried going chronologically through TOS and TNG and it hasn't worked. He likes... The favorite episodes he likes, uh, the Doomsday Device, or Doomsday Machine, whatever it is. He likes that episode a lot of TOS. He loves Best of Both Worlds. He likes the, because uh, again, I'm trying to find episodes where there's no bad guy for that week. And so he likes the uh, the booby trap with uh, the asteroid trap and Picard piloting it and Leah Brahms on the holodeck. And he didn't love Encounter at Farpoint, and I even showed him Code of Honor. And uh, he just hasn't, like, watching Batman the Animated Series, the next day he's like, can we watch some more? He's never done that with Star Trek. I don't want to force it, you know. <laughs> I don't need to indoctrinate him. If he likes it, he likes it. Um... And yeah, he's just at that age. He's five. Uh, he sat through the whole Lego movie. We tried to take him to the secret life of... Or no, Toy Story 4, whenever that came out last year. And he was nervous. He made me leave the theater like four times. Um, and since he likes Batman so much, I figured, okay, well, maybe uh, let's get him into the MCU. And so I showed him Captain America, the first Avenger, and did, didn't really care. He was into it for like a half hour, and then he was done. Uh, and I'm like, okay, well, Iron Man's a little more interesting. He watched 45 minutes of Iron Man, and that, that was it. It was a struggle to keep him focused. So, okay, I mean, shoot, I don't need to... <laughs> I'm not going to force you to watch movies and TV. Um, but he can, he can watch 10 hours of Batman if I let him. Um, so, 
that that's my thoughts on Star Trek and entry points. My advice, season three, final episode, the best of both worlds, part one and two. And then you tell me if that was great. And if it was season three, episode one, work your way through. There's a lot of real good episodes, not many stinkers. And season four, season five. If you're loving it, keep going. But there are a lot of stinkers in season seven. I, I don't know why, whether it was fatigue for the writer's room but there are a lot of episodes that if it comes up on TV, I'm changing the channel. Just don't need to see it. And I wouldn't want somebody who's new into the fandom to get turned off by two good episodes out of six. Yep. I'm looking at you. Uh, Picard has a son or... The holodeck has a choo-choo train, and uh, God. And the worst part about those last like six episodes of the series, you knew you had a limited time with that cast. And yeah, they were going off to movies, but really, these are the stories you're choosing to tell. This is what you got. This is what you're finishing up with. Ugh. I don't care about Vertiform City and the choo-choo train on the gosh darn holodeck. I don't care about Picard's son. I don't. Uh, there was one good one where Roe comes back. Um, yeah. TNG went out with a whimper until the finale. The, the series finale is freaking perfect. Um, yeah. And Pegasus, that was in season seven. So there, there were some good ones. So, yep. Yeah, uh, for anybody who's looking to get into Star Trek, which aren't many of you because I have a Star Trek logo on my podcast logo. Um, yeah. TNG. Best of both worlds. Then go back to the beginning of season three. Watch season three, four, five. And then if you're feeling like it, transition to Deep Space Nine pilot and then go to season two final episode and start working your way through season three see if that hooked you I mean that is super binge worthy and you will probably go all the way through season seven and then you can either go back to season six of uh, TNG or just go right into Voyager and if you make it through all the way, all that stuff, then, yeah, Enterprise or Discovery. Um, yeah, that's my two cents. And there's no, there's no wrong answer. Or there's no right answer or wrong answer. Um, but I, I think you got to hook somebody. And... I don't know that Discovery is enough to hook somebody. I don't know that TOS is enough to hook somebody and be like, oh, I gotta keep watching this. I gotta watch 30 seasons of this kind of programming for the next couple of years. 
Um, it's a big commitment. Uh, but yeah, Star Trek is awesome. And uh, I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Tweet me and tell me why I'm wrong and what you would encourage you all to watch first. And um, and that's another nice thing. If you try what I suggested and it isn't working out, you can always try a plan B and say, okay, season three of TNG isn't doing it for me and switch over to Discovery and see if that's more your style. And uh, there you have it. So I hope everybody goes and watch Star Trek now. And yeah, live long and prosper.